the Queen of Buyers Agents in Brisbane. Welcome. Hi, Ben. Busy day? Always a busy day, actually. <laughs> well, it's just been, I think the market's sort of changing up here again and we're just getting a lot of inquiry and stuff. So, yeah, it's good. The market in Brizzy, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys have had a, a good run for a very long time. So you feel like it's bouncing back? I feel like this year people have had to have some perspective on the market up here because we've had um, it so good for two the past two years. So, um, yeah, we have sort of seen a lull and there's definitely opportunities out there at the moment to sort of jump into the market. Everyone's a little hesitant on both sides of the transaction, um, but we're still finding some really good deals out there for our clients and it's a lot easier, I suppose, on the buy side. And I was thinking about this the other day, 12 months ago, every buyer wanted it to be more of a buyer's market. And now that it is, everyone's questioning why and not taking advantage of it. So, um, yeah. Well, that's one of the best versions I've heard to date of how to look at this current situation, I have to say. I'm going to, I might, I'm going to steal that. Okay. <laughs> so I'm letting you know, I'm not going to borrow it. I'm going to steal it because it is so to the point and I love that. And I was going to ask, are you missing your old accounting job? Oh, no. No, no, no. That's long gone. <laughs> I was just wondering. I mean, you don't, you don't strike me as an, like, as an accountant, but I was just wondering if you miss it at all. No, it's so it's so different what I do now. Yeah, it's I still catch up with some accounting friends, but it's yeah, it's definitely in the past, well and truly. You don't see many. Maybe I've got this wrong. You don't see many real estate agents or buyers agents who are former accountants. Maybe I don't know. There's still a lot of numbers in my day, so probably right. Nothing to it. I'm I'm just thinking that like I'm assuming uh, I could. Anyway, I just think that um, accountants you'd think would be a bit more left brain, like more more numbers, and then real estate's more right brain. But anyway, you've done well. So I, I wanted to peel back a bit about your story here today because I've always wanted to jump on and, and dive in with you because how long have you been in the Brizzy space as a buyer's agent for now? Over four years. Yeah, so a good good amount of time. And you would have seen it change. Like four years ago when you set up, like I'm assuming like consumer sentiment towards a buyer's agent or just the perception, like you would have seen a big shift, right, compared to now? Yep, it's definitely changed. I'd say probably in the last two years when it got very competitive, having a buyer's agent became quite a well-known thing up here. And when you say a well-known thing, is that because it was just too difficult to buy that you just really needed to have an edge to have a BA or...? Yeah, I think the um, like interstate migration from Sydney, Melbourne, maybe those people were more used to having someone represent them. Um, and then so once people started having people represent them at auctions and open homes and things, other people sort of learnt about the service, particularly in the inner city suburbs. And then it was very competitive and then people wanted that edge as well. So probably a combination of things. Yeah, nice. And the Brisbane market's obviously changed a lot in itself, just like as values have gone up a lot. It's, it seems like a lot of people are relocating there. Like you would have seen also the market go through, a, like, I mean, a lot of people would have seen markets go through a big transition, but it seems like Brisbane really went through a significant transition. Because prior to COVID, we were sort of sitting at sort of 2% growth, you know, 1% to 2% growth a year. 
And to be honest, people were happy with that. Like no one ever really questioned it. And then, yeah, COVID, it just went crazy up here in all different markets, even the townhouse unit market. And then, yeah, now it's sort of starting to plateau, probably will drop a little bit. But I think the change in the market is actually where we as buyers agents, if we're agile when the market changes, that's where we have the most success for our clients. And I see the change in the market being, you know, that we're on the forefront, we pick it before anyone else does, which is good for our clients to get that extra edge as well. So it keeps our job interesting to sort of keep up with it. So, yeah. Nice. What is your average? I'm sure you got to, it's quite diverse, but what, what does your average client look like? Uh, average client is either a local, like a family, it's either local or relocating. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And you said, have you got clients coming from Sydney today? Yeah, relocators, yeah. Okay. And and are they just coming to inspect some properties or? Yeah, so we've got one tonight for them when they get in and then we've got about six or seven lined up tomorrow. So I've just been like scheduling them today for them. And then we've also got some areas to cover off and just sort of taking them through different parts of suburbs so they get the vibe and sort of we can narrow down. So this will be their first visit up. Yeah, nice. And I'm sure you've really nailed the process. I'm sure you're FaceTiming them or whatever you're doing, right, to give them visuals, walkthroughs, yeah? Yeah, so we definitely do that. But when they can come up, it is sort of great because we sort of spend the day together and we can show them different things, even, you know, down to like what people do with the houses up here, whether that's, you know, building raise and build under or knockdowns and the different size of blocks and things as well. So, yeah. Nice. What's the average purchase price that you're typically dealing with? Oh, well, I would say it used to sort of sit between one and one and a half, but now we're probably sitting between one and a half and two and a half. Not a bad thing. Yeah. So just the market's moved up that much. So, yeah. How are real estate agents dealing with the, the or I know you, it seems like it's heating back up again a bit, but how, how, how did the real estate agents, how are they dealing with the transition? I think everyone was burnt out at, in the industry at the end of 2021. So I would say everyone's a little bit more calm and got more time to chat on the phone. And yeah, it's sort of the good ones who have been able to be agile in that market and change their sales process are doing well still. So yeah. Nice. And obviously, this is the first business that you started, right? Yeah. The informed buyer. And you've got you got someone that's helping you? Yes, I have one team member. Yeah, nice. And we haven't spoken in a while, but you've obviously got a very, very boutique business, um, very referral driven through your past clients, correct? Yes. I say we're quality, not quantity here. That's such a you comment. I love it. <laughs> it's true. It's true though. You're not trying to take over the world. You're just trying to deliver a first-class service to your clients and, and just make sure you're always over-servicing, which I've always admired. And so, you know, are you were you fearful moving into this, I guess, new market that we're going through? Um, no, because I think that's when you can, you know, work on things in your business and you can sit back and work out which drivers you can push and pull to drive different results. So it's not just all like it was last year, client work, client work, client work. Like you can sort of sit back and be like, okay, what is it that we want to change or do now? Yeah. 
I'm pretty much being an accountant on top of my numbers. (laughs) I love it. So, you know, having that lower cost base and knowing sort of, you know, well, what does that mean and planning that sort of next year and some different scenarios definitely helps me feel comfortable and then you can sort of work out, yeah, you know, if things, how bad can it get before it gets bad? Yeah, so I think knowing that is probably better. And, and like, you know, we, we've been able to do a little, a few extra things this year that we weren't able to do last year, like, you know, updating the website, a few things like that. So, yeah. Nice. And so you've, you've got obviously young family. Yes. <laughs> and a drive for you to start, I guess, this style of business, right, was for you. I mean, obviously, I know you're passionate about property, but obviously was a lifestyle decision as well or? Yes, I would say, um, you know, going back into some sort of corporate life where I had to ask someone if I could stay at home with a sick child or go on holidays with my family just didn't really resonate with me. It's not that I'm not a hard worker, but I think you got to, I got to a stage in my life where I was like, no, I need to call the shots for me to be able to call them for my family. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, when you were saying, asking your boss to go, or I haven't got kids, but like, you know, go on holidays or whatever it is with a sick kid, stay home. I was just thinking, I was like, oh my God, like going back, like going back to the nine to five and just like having to say how I'm running late today or, you know, just like, oh, it's, it's like a different, a different lifetime, a different world to even think about it. Yes. Yes. But hard to break through. Like it's, it's, I think anyone running a business, it's courageous and it's, it's, it's not easy. We're not taught how to do this. No, but I think you can sort of look at what skills you've got. And then, you know, obviously there's a lot of people out there to help as well fill those gaps. That's true. Um, with different things. And I think you've got to have a fair bit of belief in yourself that it's going to work. And then like, I still talk to a lot of sort of people starting out and it definitely is that first client is probably the biggest milestone um, to get going for them. But you're right around mindset. Like I know you didn't say mindset, but you're obviously, I'm assuming, alluding to it. Like I think it's what like prevents a lot of people just from doing every, like things in their life, just anything, like whether it's an, something seeking adventure or doing something that's a bit out of the box. Like I just think our, our limited mindset gets in and says, well, you, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember thinking way back, <laughs> if just one person gave me a go, I would just do the best I could. For, like I knew I could do a good job for them. But I just was thinking, I just need one person. And then once you got that one person, yeah, it all became a lot easier. You build a really good business. It's definitely recognized as just, you know, doing doing the right thing. Not to say that other people aren't, but I think you are very focused on just making sure the clients looked after. And you said the word, you know, quality versus quantity. Because a lot of people, as you know, during COVID just got so busy that it became a volume game for a lot of people. Yeah. Because you had that opportunity. Yeah, restrained growth would be enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And did, did you, are, are you like, obviously you're getting some breathing space now that the market's changed a bit or are you just still super busy? A little bit. Like I actually prefer this market. I would say, you know, it's a longer time for clients to come on and sign on, but a shorter buy time and you're getting a better result. Versus, you know, this time last year, clients would meet and sign up pretty much on the spot. And then the pressure was over to you to get a good result in a very competitive market. So, yeah, I think that this market is actually better 
where, you know, the turnaround for your clients is shorter. How are you dealing with the the people that come to you, the prospective buyers who potentially were in that boat last year where it's too difficult to buy and then now it's easy to buy and they're now, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait 10 months or 12 months, you know, the fortune tellers and try and pick the market. How are you dealing with people like that who are apprehensive with buying now when you actually think it's a good time for them to get in? So I would say most of my clients are sort of family, longer term hold. Mm-hmm. So, um, and even like the investors that I have, they're normally longer term, five to 10 years. So I just sort of ask the question straight out, like how long are you thinking of holding this for? Mm. Um, so, you know, even if you do buy and the market drops, you know, a few percent, say 5%, you know, it won't stay that way for your hold. So it's sort of like if you, someone came to me and I asked how long are you going to hold it and they said six months, I'd probably say maybe not the right time. Mm. But if they're coming to me and they're like, oh, yeah, 10 years, well, it doesn't really matter what the market's doing in six months' time. And we've never seen a drop over 10 years. So that's sort of how I'm addressing that concern, I would say. And, you know, people are going to try to pick the market and the bottom of it. The trouble with that sort of strategy is you don't realise it was the bottom of the market until it's gone up. And I also think like, yeah, it's such a consumer sentiment driven um, industry that um, it will only take a while for people to sort of get used to the new market and then they all come back. So we've probably only got a short window here to grasp the opportunities. Yeah, I think it's a really good point you bring up around getting used to it, like the immunity of like everyone became used to wearing masks at one stage. It just became normal. And like now the shock of interest rates and all that stuff, it's going to be people will become immune to it soon and you're right and then just becomes the norm and it starts to then move in a different direction. So, yeah, I, I think it, it would be a shame You'd be pretty disappointed that like if you missed, like for example, now you're expecting the market to fully crash and you're just postponing your buying and, you know, the market does start to take a a turn soon. Yeah. I remember like it would have been April 2021. I was at an open home at um, Holland Park here in Brisbane and there was just like hundreds of people and I remember I even had my clients with me and I remember just sort of sitting there and looking at them all coming down the stairs and in the backyard and I just remember thinking where have all of these buyers come from like I remember just sort of being amazed (laughs) and um it was with within a few weeks and even now when I go to an open home and there's only three or four parties there I sort of go where did all of those people go like they're still out there (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know, it can change quite quickly. Yeah. The narrative, especially in the media, can tr- yeah, it, it can change in, in a week and it's amazing to see how, yeah, I, I'm surprised that like people just, they're, they're so eager to buy last year, just so eager to buy with so much competition, stress and potentially overpaying or whatever the circumstance is and then now it's cooled down and that people are just Retreat. sitting on it. It's just amazing human, human behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess if you had any, like this year, obviously we're, we're coming to the end sooner this year. It's just crazy how quickly things go. But have you had any really like outstanding purchases that come to mind? Like anything unique that I'm sure you've done quite a few, but like anything quite out of the box? I would say I have had one. <laughs> I want to hear it. I had a few, but I had a 90 year old lady um, who had moved up from Sydney. She had family in both Brisbane and Sydney 
and she thought she would move up quite easily and be able to buy a unit. And within probably about, within two weeks, her family called me, um, her daughter in Sydney, and said, I think we need someone to help my mum because there, there was family here, but it was even too competitive and she had mobility issues. So I said, yeah, look, I'll look after your mum, don't worry. And at that stage, I could hear the daughter in Sydney crying because she just was so relieved. And so we started the search um, for Maureen and within within two days we'd sort of narrowed down to pretty much one building that would work for her here in Brisbane. She wanted to be above shops and everything. This is a long story, by the way. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and anyway, so we would go and pick Maureen up in the car. The two of us would go out. We would help her with her walker. We would... Yeah, we signalled out this building and then I printed off every two-bedroom apartment in this building that had sold. I called every agent that had ever sold in that building and asked them, please, like, can they find something? Within a week, we had um, about five off-market properties within that building for her to look at. Um, and I remember Maureen calling us, like, the mafia of Brisbane. <laughs> Not the Queen of Brisbane, the Mafia. She was like, I don't know what happens in Brisbane. Like, it's not like Sydney, all this like off the market stuff. Anyway, I was just badgering all the agents for Maureen because she was living with her family and she was quite stressed about that as well. And you could sort of see she was worried. We finally got this one and I knew it was going to be perfect. And we, we sort of talked, I said, Maureen, I've got a strategy here. We're not going to leave unless we've bought this thing. <laughs> and I said, I, you know, I, can you have a chat to your family? This is where I want to price it. This is, this is how I want to run this. And she, so the day we went out, I picked up Maureen. We went in. She gave me the thumbs up. She was ready to go at, she was 89 at this stage. And I sat down and we went through the, I said, can you give us a moment to the agent? They stepped outside. The contract was on the table. I sat down and we, we had talked about the contract and that, but we went through it again. Maureen signed it off, got on a walker, and we walked out and I said, there's a contract on the table in there. Maureen and I will wait downstairs and we're not leaving until we own it. <laughs> I love it. And the agent went inside and um, it was signed off. It was a really like a good offer. It was signed off and Maureen and I, we went downstairs and she, I said, now, can I get you, you know, something to eat or drink? She said, oh, could we have a milkshake to calm my nerves? And so we were sitting there having our milkshakes. And then, unbeknown at that time, but, yeah, we so we secured it. And then she said, um, then we worked out the settlement date was actually her 90th birthday after we calculated out the 30 days that we put on it. So, yeah, and she's just happily now, yeah, moved up and relocated to Brisbane. So That's a good bloody story. And, I mean, you seem like you hustled hard in that building because she, she obviously, did she come to you identifying saying, I want that building or like, uh, or did you say this is what I think, this is where I think you need to be? She wanted um, amenities right under her because she couldn't like crossroads or anything with her walker. And so we took her to two locations that that would work and she sort of said, no, definitely this one over that one. And then within that sort of complex, there's three buildings. One was overpriced, 
One was actually a retirement village that she wasn't interested in in any way, shape or form. And so it was down to the one building. So, yeah, we did. We hustled very hard. Like agents were like, <laughs> like, yeah, they were happy to get that I'd found something. <laughs> That's unreal. And so are you focusing for the listeners just on like, like owner-occupiers? Are you doing investors or both? I'd say 80% are owner-ops that we do. So we do normally have one or two investors on our books. But yeah, mainly owner-occupiers is our focus, given that sort of, yeah, customer service level that we provide. That's unreal. Okay, Jane, well, let's let's close up here. It's been awesome talking. Great to see you just running a fantastic business. So thank you. Appreciate talking to you. No worries, Ben. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.